Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. The Perfect Man is the title of this devotion. I'm not talking about man as in distinct from women in this devotion. While that I do think is a very powerful subject, how God made us all so beautifully unique to express his nature as a man or as a woman, but that's a different subject. You see, Christ is the perfect man. And I wanna show you what this means and why is this so vital that we all know this? Because many times people, and I think all of us, I should say, I should say this different. Every one of us goes through the conflict of identity, the conflict of who am I, what am I, what am I'm supposed to be like. And you can see people often are on quite a journey to discover themselves. And that is often expressed in the way that they decorate their bodies or clothe themselves or what environments they feel to maybe try to find themselves. And I think that this is shows us how important this subject is, especially for the congregation of the Lord, his people, that we all know what is the perfect man, what is the perfect image that we all should have, both male and female. What is it? You see, it says here that the apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teaching graces have been given by Jesus for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, the perfect man. All come. All of us know what God predestined us to be. You see, it says that here, I should read it to you so you you see till we all come, verse 13 of Ephesians 4, to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. All of us are to come to this, where we come to rest and we become totally at rest within our soul. This is who I'm supposed to be. I know what I am pursuing for myself. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us, us, talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us, plural, make man in our image. Man is spirit, soul, and body. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. And that man... Let us make men, not men as in male, but mankind, in our image. So he created them, both male and female, he created them and blessed them. And you could see God said it there in Genesis 1.26. And then in Genesis 2, he took from the earth and formed a body for man. And the man whom he created in himself he then manifested in the body he prepared for man. And this all is a foreshadowing 
of what God would show us through Jesus Christ, who is the perfect man, for he is the perfect image of the invisible God. This, without controversy, is the mystery of godliness. God is revealed in the flesh, it says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. This is the mystery of godliness, and it is so vital because the false religion tries to separate that which is holy in the spirit to that which is in the flesh. And friends, these should never be separated. Within God, nothing is separate. All is perfectly in him, and he is in all. And Jesus displays the perfection of God as the perfect man in that he says in John chapter 14, verse 7, let me read it. I, I, I love to just say it, but let me go ahead and read it. Right here it is. He says, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Philip who had been with him from the beginning, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. It's all we ask. Show us the father and it's sufficient for us. This is all we ask. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Listen closely. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he shall do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son of you. Ask anything in my name, I will do it. Because I live, verse 19, you will live also. In that day you will know Verse 20 of John 14, I am in the Father, you in me, and I in you. Verse 23, if you, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him, right? And then look at this, Colossians, oh my, how I love these thoughts, how I love these thoughts. What riches of glory we now have through Jesus. What immense blessings. It says in verse 19 of chapter 1, For it pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, attributes, should dwell in him, in Christ, permanently. And God purposed that through and by the service and intervention of him, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to him. Yes? 
And then you go to chapter 2, for verse 9. For in him, in Christ, the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him made full, having come to fullness of, cli- of life, In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. (laughs) Oh, how I love these thoughts. How I love these thoughts. My dear friends, God wants all of us to have the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, the perfect man. You see, Jesus did not only come to embody and reveal in human flesh whom the Father is. In all that Jesus is, says and does, he reveals that he is God. But friends, he didn't only come to reveal the Father in all that he is, says and does, but he came to reveal you and me, for he is the perfect man. Therefore, I charge you, always look in the true mirror of self, and that is Christ alone. Look to Christ and let his spirit in you conform you to his image, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18. And you will be free from all the inhibitions, insecurities, inferiorities, shyness, and anything that would hold you back from expressing the love of your heavenly Father who has called you to be conformed to himself through his Son in you, who does it. He begins this good work in you, Philippians 1 verse 6, and he completes it. And sure, perhaps like myself, you have wept and said, Oh, Father, oh, Father, Why did you call me when I'm such a mess, when I make such a mess of it, when I behave, act, react the way I I have that doesn't express you? Oh, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Friends, I've cried it, I've wept it, I've cried it, I've wept it. And I've come to that beautiful revelation where Jesus said, unless you hate yourself, you will die in your sin nature. But if you hate yourself, you will live. Oh, friends, I'm so grateful that that old nature of Robert, I hate it. I don't want to know it. I don't want to have any consciousness of it. All I want to know is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ Jesus in me, for in him I am continuously transformed into the likeness of my Father. And I am revealed by Christ as a true Son of God. He is the perfect image of the Father, and he is the perfect man. Look to Christ alone. Let him be the vision for yourself. And you may say, yeah, but I'm a woman, so how can I? Christ, in Christ, Galatians chapter 3 Verse 26, look at this. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. 
There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Come on. Do not think that in Christ there is any power struggle or contention between male and female. It does not exist in Christ. (laughs) The only place where we can find perfect harmony between the nature that the person of the man and the person of the woman is in Jesus Christ. Outside of that, there will always be competition and conflict. I am so happy that God has made Virginia and I one in Christ. We don't have a power struggle. We receive one another. We submit to one another. We honor one another. We love one another. I, I mean, I adore that girl. She is such a beautiful image of the Father and the Son. The spirit that she bears is so amazing. And sure, like myself, she has human attributes, and some of that used to put pressure on me. (laughs) It used to put pressure on me. (laughs) But I've grown in Christ so that I have his capacity to carry her human nature and she has the capacity to carry my human nature. One time, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you these things, but one time she was a little bit struggling with my human nature, and I looked at her. I said, honey, you cannot have the gift without the person. If you want the grace of Christ in me, then you, you get the person that carries that grace. And she looked at me as in, yeah, you're right. Okay. And she didn't say anything else. Then, (laughs) so, sometime later, she looked at me and I was having a little bit of an issue, you know, with her expectation of me and it was putting me under pressure. And she looked at me and she says, honey, you can't have the gift without the person. (laughs) Touche. I'll tell you one more thing in closing. When we were just married in 1983, in the night he had to go to the ladies' room, and as he came back into the bedroom, I happened to to be awake, and she, in the darkness of the bedroom, stomped her little toe against a little bit of the wall that stuck out and broke that little toe. I mean, I heard the bone snap. So she was, oh my, oh my, oh my. Oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. You know, (laughs) and me, I was, what, 22, 23, something? A young little little whippersnapper. (laughs) Preacher. (laughs) Preacher. Because I started preaching when I was 18 in 1978. I was a preacher. But I looked at her. I said, say, say it. In faith, it doesn't hurt, and it will stop hurting. And she looked at me. She said, no, I won't say it. It's hurting. I said, no, say it. Say it. It doesn't hurt, and it will stop hurting. (laughs) I was a young preacher. So a couple of months later, we happened to be somewhere, and there was a driveway, and it was hot in the summer. And I had flip-flops on, and the driveway was sloped, and there was a little metal pipe sticking out of the ground upon which the gate closed. And I didn't know it was there. And as I walked down with those flip-flops, breaking myself as it was sloping, I jammed my big 
toe into that little pipe and bust it right open. And oh my goodness, ooh, that bit me. I came inside and it was bleeding and I was leaping and I was, oh my goodness, it hurts. Oh my goodness, this hurts. And Virginia looked at me and she says, honey, just say it doesn't hurt and it will stop hurting. (laughs) What am I trying to say to you? You know, friends, we all are to embody the perfect man. And we're all to be conformed to his image. The Bible says in Romans 8, 29, we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. All of us. But yet, we're all still human. And that was the beauty of Jesus. That in his humanity, like us all, he suffered with the temptations that come along with being in this world. And so he, according to Hebrews chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 4, is able to perfectly sympathize with the struggles we can have in our human nature in the transforming processes that come by his spirit in us. And he can encourage us and comfort us and help us. Virginia, she was so sweet to me when I stomped my toe. She bandaged it all up and got it all. And she gave me something nice to eat and had me sit in a chair to recover from the pain. And it subsided because she started to pray for me and lay hands upon me. She was so loving. She treated me sweeter than I treated her. You see, we should never pursue the perfect man in the degree that we don't comfort all of us on the journey. And that we could say the good work God has begun. He will perfect. And I'll tell you the truth. I'll say this in closing. There are many things for which I love my dear wife, Virginia. But the main or the most important thing I love her for, yes, is her love for Christ and all that, but is that she, in 40 years plus of marriage, she's never stopped believing that God would make me, that he would transform me like he said to Abraham, I will make you in Genesis 12. She's always kept in faith despite how human I've been, how immature, how natural I can behave. She's always stayed in faith that the good work God began in me through his son, he will perfect and complete. And I want to encourage you. That is the love of the perfect man. Let's all bear his love for one another. Amen. Have a good day.